Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Randy Garn is a New York Times bestselling author, serial entrepreneur, investor, and business and life strategist. Randy has been awarded Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernst & Young and Top 40 Under 40 Entrepreneur. He's passionate about growing companies and the people behind them. Randy has mastered the art of relationships and customer acquisition and is behind the business strategy of many of the most well-known thought leaders and CEOs in the world. He is also an alumnus of Brigham Young University and of Harvard University. Randy's biggest priority in life is being a father and husband to his wife, Charlotte, their four beautiful daughters, and two rowdy boys. Randy and his wife also recently were called as mission leaders for the Church of Jesus Christ in the Texas-Houston South Mission for three years, starting July of 2024. This interview was such a delight and a blessing to me. We start off by discussing his book and how it was a literal answer to prayer for me. And then we go into some really inspiring topics like prosperity, fulfillment, and where joy truly comes from. I have a feeling you're going to be so uplifted and will feel like you can conquer anything once you listen to this interview. Okay, I have my new friend, Randy Garn. On the podcast today. I'm super excited to talk to you, Randy. It was such a delight to meet you in person. I've been following you for a long time, but um, I have to tell you, actually, I almost never do this starting out with a guest. I usually let them tell a story, but I have to tell you a story. <laughs> so recently, like we've been going through some changes in our business and anyone that's like really familiar and especially people who have been loyal to our brand Mint Arrow for the last 10 or 11 years, knows this, that we've kind of like split off and we have two, basically two things going on. And so for the last few years, I've really tried to focus like, okay, what does God want me to do? There's kind of a lot going on here. I can only do so much. And so recently in, as I was praying, the thought came to me to ask God, teach me how to prosper. And I had read that recently and I read the book of Mormon every day. So I'm just going to read this to you. And I don't always like quote the book of Mormon because we have people of all different faiths that listen to this podcast, but I was reading in first Nephi chapter 20, verse 17. And it says, and thus saith the Lord, thy redeemer, the Holy one of Israel. I have sent him the Lord, thy God, who teaches thee, teacheth thee to profit, who leadeth thee by the way thou shouldst go. And so I think it was kind of in my head because I'd read that scripture And then that thought came to me, like, ask, ask the Lord, teach me how to prosper. So I started praying for that. And then I had ordered your book, but forgot what it was called. And a few days ago, I was like, okay, I got to get ready for that interview. And guess what? It was like, here's your answer. Here's God's answer to you. Your book is literally called prosper. And it was just amazing to me that I had had that thought. I, I asked that in prayer for several days. And then it was like, there it is. I had already ordered your book and I read it in a day. I love it. So it was such an incredible answer to prayer and it was so thorough and I can't wait to talk about it, but, um, 
anyway, that is my story that I felt like I needed to tell you that it was so meaningful that you had written this book and just, I can't wait to get into all of that, but I just needed to tell you that first off. Well, that's so, that's so amazing. And, and then in life, you know, you just never know who you're going to meet and who God puts in your, your path in certain times in our life, you know, and it's so fun. You know, I've, I've listened to your messages and I've, I've known of you and it was so fun meeting you the other night in person. Yeah, that was so awesome. It was just definitely one of the highlights of my whole Sundance experience. But anyway, okay, I really want to get into Prosper. So your description of prosperity is so different from anything else I've ever heard in out in the world. So can you explain to people, like, what does it mean to prosper to you? So it's funny because when, you know, we used to, we had a pretty large company. I started a, a company when I was a junior in college and it just, and it took off for like 14 years and, and, um, but we, we used to help a whole bunch of New York Times bestselling authors write their books and get their books out there. And I had one guy that we were talking to. He's like, Randy, you've helped all these people get their message out to the world and, you know, really learn how to market and everything. And they're like, but you've never written a book. You know, I, if you were a New York Times bestselling author, I would work with you. And so, so he threw down kind of the gauntlet and mm-hmm. I'm really competitive. And me and my business partner are just like, you know what? He's right. Let's Let's just, let's write a book to prove that we can do it. And then we decided, what do we want to write it about? Um, And we literally, like, as we thought about, as we went up in the mountains and we, we really then, and and, uh, the name that we came up with was, what does it really mean to prosper when it says, you know, in the scriptures and everywhere is how does the word prosper or prosperity, what does it really mean? And for me and for us, and it is a balance between three things. It's a balance between money, mm-hmm. happiness, and joy, and sustainability. Yeah. So real prosperity has to have those three elements into it. It's multidimensional. That it's not just about being super wealthy or rich or whatever it is. Like it's a piece of it is like being able to have enough for our needs and to be sustainable, but that you're truly doing something that brings joy in your heart. And so for me, that's that's the high level. Um, research. And it's not just like our definition of it. We did research and we did, uh, you know, we interviewed thousands of people and came up with, this is what real, real prosperity means. So cool. And I think one of the things that surprised me the most about your three-part theory was the part about money where you just, I, I feel like sometimes people just skirt around it. They don't want to talk about the idea that some people believe that money is the root of all evil and you just go right to the center of that. And so can you talk a little bit about that, about why you don't believe that money is the root of all evil? Yeah. I mean, you have to, you know, I, for me, I just want to say up front, like I am not one that needs a lot of things too. You know, I, I love it when, when a really great mentor of mine said, you know, if, if you think that you, uh, you know, and he meets with people and he says, hey, I have enough money or whatever. He said, you know what? I am in the mindset that if I feel like I have enough money, I'm not giving enough away. Mm, that's so that's one, I mean, that's one thought. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, sometimes God will help others be very prosperous so that they can be very generous and, you know, impact and change the world that way. You know, another thought of money is to ensure that you're set things up 
in your life so that that doesn't become a stress for you mm-hmm. and that you're you're able to do things and that you have enough for your needs right so that you can have joy and happiness um in a in a different level so i mean i lived in the philippines for two years and some of the happiest people that i'd ever met in my entire life didn't have anything financially right but they had tons of joy and tons of love in their heart so what i don't want to do is feel like i don't want to take away from like joy but i want to like there's prosperity as having being able to have both together yeah. if that makes sense it does and you guys do a great job of explaining too how that means different things for different people and how it can this theory is applicable to many different you know economies and different places in the world and it just depends on what someone needs like you're saying and then what makes them happy because it's different and I also love how you just explain how it is that there if you are chasing money as your means to an end it will never be enough right like if that's money equals happiness that's never that theory or that equation is never going to be good enough well, there, there's a true thing. And, you know, and it isn't really, if you really read that sentence, right, when people mess it up, it's money isn't the root of evil or the root of, you know, root cause of things. It's the love of money. Mm, yeah. And so we have to be careful with that. There's a real thing called the hedonic treadmill. And we write about it in our book. It's a, it's a study that's done. It's just that they said the more money, a lot of people think that the more money you make, the greater joy and happiness you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And the hedonic treadmill, if you do research on that, is that the level of money that you create does not equate to your in, increase in joy. It just, yeah. it just doesn't. And so we all know a lot of people. I know a lot of people that have a lot of money um, are completely miserable. Right. Me too. But I also know some people that have a lot of money that are completely filled with joy and are able to manage that right that that's the level of prosperity that that we want to get to is that you're able to build that that you know that wealth up and that wealth creation up in such a way that it's you're doing it in in the way that you love to do it you're doing what you love to do and that's creating an economic engine for you so i think that's the real strategy in life is to become that that level of prosperity is that what you do is earning an income and mm-hmm. it's enough to get what you need to do and be what you want to be and that you can feel good about it. Right. And that it's sustainable over the long period of time, because if we don't, if we're just doing things for the money and, and we hate it mm-hmm. and it's miserable, then you can't do it for a long, long period of time. That's mm-hmm. why a lot of people change careers over their lifetime is because they're like grasshoppers. Great on takeoff. You never know where they're going to land. Right. It's just because they're like, all of a sudden, it what you're doing is not worth it anymore emotionally, mentally. No amount of money is worth being in a mental strain, in my my opinion. Right. And the burnout is inevitable yeah. in that situation. So what I really loved about your book is that I feel like what differentiates it for me with some of the other inspirational or motivational books is a lot of those books out there give you kind of this elevation boost in your energy or in your motivation, but then it's like, now what, how? And so you guys have this blueprint of exactly how to do that, which is so cool. Like I literally, if I were starting over, I could use your book 
or if I, if somebody had handed this to me when I was, however old I was, like in my early twenties, when I started my business, this would have helped me so much. And a lot of it, I just had to learn from like the school of hard knocks and like, but I have to tell you that there was one thing. Okay. You have like these prosperity steps and the step number two, I had to read it three times to really let it sink in. Cause it's so good. It says, are your stretch goals based on the confidence that comes from focusing on what you have instead of desperation over what you lack? Like that is so good. And it's that whole, you know, I, when I first learned about that, the abundance mindset from Stephen Covey, it completely changed my business. It changed my life. But, um, and that's what this sounds like to me is that same type of thing that you have to come from. What do I have instead of what do I lack? But what was the inspiration behind that? Like, when did you guys unlock that that was a key to prosperity? Well, I think from my, I think from my own, from my own self, um, is that, you know, the very first step is to understand your Polaris point. Like, what is our true north? And you even said it at the first of our interview, actually, it was the pre-interview, is that if you know you're aligned with what God created you to do, Mm -hmm. um, you really can be unstoppable. Right. And that God will always find a way. And I think that that's really truly finding your Polaris point um, and what we what our core competencies are and what we're the very, very best at. Right. Like I'm I love math, but I love people a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be an accountant or my mind wasn't created to be an engineer. My brother, Marty, by the way, is an incredible engineer and incredible at those things. But I I, my, I always say my business is mankind. So mm. I've created businesses that actually deal more with leadership and with people than creating certain technologies or things like that. So if I were, if I like wanted to be super wealthy, being an engineer that I wouldn't like, that's not my, that's not my Polaris path. So a lot of times it's like really understanding your true North and what mm. your prosperity, like really what your true North is and how you get to your Polaris point. And then it's really sequential because then you can be like, man, what am I good at? How do I earn from my core? And it's like, it's not like, what do I lack? It's like, what do I have right now to be able to be successful? And a really good way to think about that is, you know, when I was going to college, I went to Rick's college back in the day and now it's BYU, I don't. And I my dad was a high school football coach and my parents didn't have a lot of money. So I lit, I literally had to think of a way to earn money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, I have my dad's truck. And I remember I was going up the girls dorms and, and we were, you know, trying to get some dates and things. And I remember mm-hmm. one of the girls said, Hey, Randy, it's freezing cold outside. It is freezing cold up in Idaho. And she said, man, if you'll take my garbage out every single week, I'll pay you a buck every time you do it. And I'm like, done. And there was four other girls. And I said, well, all four of you guys do it. Right. Do you have a calculator on you? Yeah. Right. Do that. I'm going to do the math on this. So this is a good example of earning from your core. I had a truck and I was like, okay, I've got to earn a certain amount of money to pay for rent, books, like everything. And there were four girls, but I did the math and there was like 600 dorm rooms. And so we ended up getting, there, there was actually more than that because there were other women's things. I said, man, if I did this and I got 600 other rooms. So if you do uh, we actually have uh, like 460, I think is what we had. So what's 460 times four? 1,840. Okay, 1,840 times that by two. 
because we came every Tuesday and Thursday. What is that? <laughs> 3,680. Okay, and then times that by four because we did it every week, twice a week. 14,720. Yeah, so we were making, me and three people, this, I'm just, this is what I'm saying. I'm just reducing it down to the simple because wow. we, were, we were each making, you know, and really by the end of the day, we were each taking home after all, but between like three and $4,000 a month, just taking out the garbage for the girls at a dollar a piece. You see what I'm Amazing. saying? Like, I'm saying like just, for them, but like a genius for you. And that's yeah. a lot of money for a college student. Yes. And because I did that, I got to know all the girls in the whole entire place. <laughs> I ran for student body president, became student body president. And then the rest was history from there, you know? met an amazing lady. We've got six kids later. So, you know, it's like, I was really good at talking with people and I was really good at that. And so we just literally put an envelope on the door, Corinne, and we said every Tuesday and Thursday, just put four bucks in. They'd have the garbage outside. It took us like two hours. So it wasn't long. We automated everything. So I always say automate, delegate, and eliminate things in your life that take away from like stress and anxiety and do the things that really matter most that are aligned with your Polaris point. You can make some great money. You can have a lot of joy and we had fun. We made it fun and we could do it over a long period of time. Gosh, I love that so much. And how creative that you just said, oh, I've got, I've got this skill and it serves a need. And that I think is key too. Like it's all about serving other people and always giving value, but I, how cool. And I also want to say, I'm so glad that you brought us back to that first point. Cause I totally skipped over it, not meaning to, but the Polaris point, it's so important. And the way that you guys walk people through figuring that out too, I did that exercise. I wrote everything down and it's super powerful. So if you're listening to this and you're curious, like what that would look like, get the book because it honestly will give you a blueprint for that. Um, but I love that story. Like what a cool beginning to all of this. So it's just like, it's like, don't think about, think about all the things that could go right instead of thinking about all the things that could go wrong. Yeah. Get yourself into learning how to be solution oriented because a lot of people get into what I call stinking thinking. Mm. <laughs> they don't, they literally can think about all the things they don't have and what they can't do. I've literally trained my mind to think about how do I solve that problem? How do I become a strategist? And how do I, how do I solve for that in a way that would be aligned both ethically, economically driving value. And, and that you can do that in any circumstance, honestly, but you have to, I would say this sitting down and building out your Polaris point, you should take the most time on that mm, because that right. will inform the direction of everything else that we talk about in the book. Okay. Yeah. And reading, I was so generous too of you and your business partner to share your own personal Polaris point. Like that was really profound for me to read both of yours and see that they were different, but aligned at the same time. It makes sense that you would be business partners. So that was really cool too. I love that you guys did that. I also wanted you to explain the concept, the new beach concept, because when I read that, it just felt like such a amazing illustration of what I feel like a lot of people are going through right now, you know, with the economy has changed inflation. Just, I don't, I feel like I just know so many people who feel like they've gotten knocked down recently. So if you could explain that concept, did, I'd love you, it. Did, what, let me, I'm going to ask you, what did you love most about the new beach story? 
it just wasn't what I was expecting. You know, I thought I sometimes I'll start reading or watching a movie or something and I'm like, oh, I know where this is going. And I thought that with that, I thought like, I don't know, it was going to be about like perspective or like just be grateful you're on a beach or something like that. And it totally wasn't. It was even better. So I don't want to, I I feel like you're going to tell that better than I would. Well, I think, I think, I think for me, it really does. It really does come down to, you really don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it's like, you never know in your life. I really think you got to treat the CEO and the Uber driver the same. Right. Because you never know, you know, who the treasure map of the treasure is. And truly, if we really live the gospel, it's like love God and love your neighbor because we don't build businesses. A lot of times we will build, like I always say, like, tell me your, your business strategy. A lot of people will say like, okay, I'm doing this. I need this, you know, this technology and all this kind of, and then I said, and then I say to them, tell me your people strategy mm-hmm. because people are actually running those business and doing those things. So it's like, I, I always say like, you got to tell me like people are more important than things, right? They're the ones that do it. And so I really love the story from, you know, an example of that was like Stephen Covey told a story that I will never forget. And I heard him tell it live and, and it was part of the book is when, he had a, a gentleman and the gentleman was on the train station and there were a whole bunch of people on mm-hmm. and he had his three kids and they were all running around going crazy and going bananas. And one of the guys couldn't believe that this man would let his kids just go wild as he sat there with his head, you know, hung low or whatever. And the guy's like, man, can't you get a hold of your kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, can't you, can't you just get them to settle down? They're going nuts. Right. And, and the guy raised his head and he's like, I'm sorry, I guess I, I guess I just don't know if the kids know how to process that they just lost their mom in the hospital, you know? Yeah. And so like a lot of times we, again, you go back to that story and, and you got to read the book to get that one is that we just never, ever, ever know what the true perspective is and what the other side of the coin is. And so yeah. that's one time in my life, like I always now try to treat everyone with the most kindness that I can and be loving and forgiving and to give everybody the benefit of the doubt um put trust first but also learn how to trust but verify mm-hmm. but i think that those those are some of the things as we as we go through our lives just really the perspective is is so important as you're as you're learning how to be prosperous yeah and i love that you honored your parents and talking about how your dad taught you that you know that people are more important than things and my dad taught me just what you're talking about too, that you treat all people with kindness and love and respect because that's how God would want you to treat people. And that's like, it's literally the most important thing that he asked us to do. And, you know, I, I feel like I learned that from my parents and it served me very well my whole life to just always be kind to people. And you're such a good example of that too. Like, I feel like as I, I watched you meet people at that gathering, it was like, you were just as kind to the like multi bazillionaires that were there as you were to like the people that were serving the food, you know? So. You know what? Okay. That's, that's oh, one, one of the things and I'll tell you this too, is like one of my, one of my biggest principles in life is, you know, my dad was a high school football coach for 33 years. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he shared with me when I was going to college for the first time, and I'll never forget. And he always reminds me this day and I have it in my office 
um, one of my friends actually made it for me in a big word world uh, wood plaque is that to learn. And this is part of your happiness and joy. This is part of part of that. You know, you got money, happiness. This is part of that, that happiness mm -hmm. that to learn to do as much as you can for as many people as you can, as often as you can and expect nothing in return. You know, if you learn how to really put service before sales, it takes some time to build up that reciprocity. But now I literally have more opportunities and I know what to do. And now it's like just choosing that. But if you learn how to do as much as you can for as many people as you can, as often as you can, and expect nothing in return, watch what will happen in your life. But watch what will happen to your heart mm -hmm. and to your mind and to your joy is to get rid of any expectations and, and watch the things that will come. Too many times we get, I think we lose a lot of um, joy because we get too transactional instead of more focused on transformation. So I think that's a big part of happiness is that are we changing? Are we growing? Are we becoming what mm -hmm. we are created to be? So Yeah. And I feel like that was a big lesson for me to learn in life with God too. Like that it's not just a transactional relationship. And I think you know, when, as I was reading your book and seeing some of the differences between how, I mean, you're a business guy, like you understand business really well, but the way that you teach prosperity is so different from the way that the world teaches it. Kind of like you're saying, it's not all just transactional. It's not just, okay, I give something because I should get something in return. Eventually, like you give because it makes you happy. And you guys talk all about that too, as far as like having a charitable aspect of your life and of what you earn. And so I don't know if you have maybe like some advice there too. I'd love to hear that. I do. I mean, there's, there's tons of research study. If you want to, one guy that I love is Arthur Brooks. Um, he just, he's just phenomenal, but he did a whole entire research on the art of giving and why giving brings us so much joy, mm. you know, why tithing actually is a thing that actually you know helps with abundance um and to learn to give to give not give to get is like yeah. really learn to give to give mm -hmm. um there's just so much there's actually and and arthur brooks did a really good job at actually the science behind giving um he actually is a really really phenomenal he spoke at byu he did a byu um a devotional all around giving and it's just so powerful but it like it transformed me because it's like a lot what we talk about is like money mm -hmm. is if you truly understand and this is me that i put god first in everything corinne so like literally everything i have is because of god like everything i have so in the end actually nothing is actually mine and if i look at that everything that i do God's going to find a way to provide as long as I'm living true to myself, that will bring me joy and that a lot of things will manifest and happen, you know, as, as I do that. So I think that that's, I think if I, if I keep that perspective is that everything I have of God's is in his anyways, you know, he's going to find a way to do that, but I got to work like crazy to make sure that it happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree with that. And especially what you said about, nothing that we have is really ours. I, my husband and I totally live by that philosophy too. And it has brought us a lot of joy and a lot of relief too. It, there's, a, there's less of a pressure on yourself to figure it all out. If you know that actually God is, is the architect and we're the builders. 
So, okay. I have a question that's come to my mind that I'm guessing you haven't been asked yet, but maybe you have. How are you going to transfer this knowledge, all of this wisdom that you have about prosperity to now being in charge of thousands of missionaries that will, or maybe it's hundreds, I don't know, but you're going to be a mission leader for our church for three years. So how does this transfer to like, you know, young kids that are 18, 19, 20, that are going to come into, you know, your leadership umbrella, teaching them about how to go out and teach the gospel. Yeah. You know, I, and it is like, this was a, a huge humbling, but exciting opportunity. And you know, what's fun is your parents are going to be doing the same thing, right? It's so exciting. Yes. Yeah. And where, and where are they going? They're going to Urdaneta Philippines. And when they first read that, I thought it was like a made up word. I thought they were just kidding. I thought they were like trying to like, you know, prank us or something. And then we realized like, oh no, they're serious. <laughs> They're actually going to Urdaneta. Crazy. I cannot wait to talk with your parents. Yeah. So so for me, it is like learning these, these, these principles um, is as I go out there, I want to help these young men and these young women, you know, really be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in a big way. And also teach them, you know, principles of, how they can be great leaders when they get off their mission and how to mm-hmm. continue to be missionaries forever. You know, it's one thing that I, I promised when I was 19 years old is that I remember when I was sitting in the Philippines, in a little bamboo hut, and it was time for me to go home. You know, I learned so much from both of my mission presidents and I honor them. And so, I mean, this is, it is, it is a big thing, but I want to be a really good example Um what it means to be a father, a husband, a leader. And so, yeah, teaching these things of self-reliance, like some of the things that we teach in our church is, is self-reliance. For me, that's a, that self-reliance is a humongous, that is being prosperous. Yeah. Is that principle. And so how do we teach that? I never, you know, growing up, my parents didn't have a lot. And I remember that when I was like 14 years old, I was moving pipe and I was working and I, I kind of made a commitment to my parents too, and that I never wanted to have to take money from them. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw them, you know, I saw them at the kitchen table worrying about bills. My sister's getting married and this is going on with my brother and other things. So I I felt that having us as a young man, and I remember making a a commitment to them, to myself and to God is like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to be self-reliant. And there's so much joy that comes from that. So that's a part of what we teach in, in our gospel, you know, yeah. like last, like last, uh, my boys just, you know, got the priesthood and they're passing sacraments. So we sat down and we had fast Sunday last Sunday. Right. And so mm-hmm. we fast for 24 hours. And it's so funny. Cause you know, a lot of times they say two meals and I, and I know I grew we fasted for 24 hours. That's just like, no, we my got husband's it. hardcore 24 hours too. He's with you. <laughs> But yep. what do we what do we do in that? Like we take those two or three meals that we don't eat and we give those to the church, right? Mm-hmm. That's helping with that self-reliance is we're using that we're using that sacrifice and those offerings to give to others. And so we're going to be teaching these principles all through all through the gospel. And so I think that that's 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 one of the things that I that I want to be able to help build future leaders both not just the church but in their governments in their homes 
when they go back to their countries or whatever it may be, right. is I want them to instill some of these things that we'll, we'll share that they'll be able to use on their, on their mission. And maybe they'll learn what their core competencies are when they're out, you know, out serving. They'll be like, man, I'm really good at accounting and mm-hmm. I'm really good at writing. I'm really good at journaling, yeah. but man, I'm really good at sharing and speaking. And God's given me the ability to communicate and to be a really good not just communicator, but very comprehensive at what I share. You know, mm-hmm. I'm really super, I'm really passionate. I can be a therapist and I can use that. So it's like, what are the things as we're going through those formative years? I think that those years between, you know, really, really the years between 17 and that 22, mm-hmm. it's such like God knew what he was doing when he sent us out two by two <laughs> serving the gospel, like learning those things. And I feel a heavy responsibility just to be a great example to the, to these young men and young women, along with my wife. Well, you are already such a good example to me. And I, I'm super excited for your missionaries to be able to work underneath you and your wife. That will be, you guys are going to be incredible. Okay. I have one last question for you that I always love to ask everyone. And that is if there's one message that you want the people listening to this podcast episode to remember, what do you want that one message to be? Man, what do I want that one message to be? You know, probably a lot of the things that I've I've been going through a lot with too is that really being in tune with the Holy Ghost. And really truly understand what it means to pray with all your heart and to listen and then to go and act and do you know I didn't see this calling coming but I think even all through my life it's doing what God asks even if you have no idea how you're gonna do it you know it's like Nephi it's like Nephi like he's like I have no idea how I'm gonna build this boat I have no idea how I'm gonna do the ship but I know that God commanded it and I know that God doesn't do anything unless he provides a way to do those things that he commands us to do. And so for me, what I would want everybody to know is that one, God answers prayers. That two, once he answers our prayers, we better put our work boots on and we better make it happen. And there is so many spiritual blessings that come from hard work and diligence You know, Nephi didn't just get answers to prayers or Peter, James, and John. Like they worked hard and they were diligent. And so a lot of the things that I've been, that I've been thinking about a lot is to pray like crazy, Mm -hmm. ask God for directions, listen closely to the guidance of the Holy Ghost and the spirit. Once you get those spiritual promptings, go work hard. I love that so much. And I've, been trying to really apply that in my life too. And it's super powerful to see, you know, you don't necessarily get answers immediately, but I feel like you always get strength or courage or peace or, you know, some type of betterment that you wouldn't be able to do yourself when you really ask God for help. And so I totally echo what you're saying and have just loved so much learning from you. So where can people find you, Randy? follow you, be inspired by you. I'm always inspired by everything you post. 
Well, I mean, you can, I'm on, I'm on Instagram, just Randy Garn, same as Facebook, you know, randygarn.com. So I'm happy. I, I try to share things that are uplifting. I try to just share things that I study for the day that were meaningful to me and that touched my heart. It's almost like kind of like my, my journal, if you will. And so, um, that's, that's the best way to, best way to find me, but you are amazing. I love the work that you're doing and keep lifting and building and inspiring all those that you, that you work with. Karen, you're Thank amazing. You. Thanks, Randy. And then make sure too to get Randy's book prosper. You can get it. I got it on Amazon, but I'm imagining you could probably just get it wherever books are sold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again, Randy. You're so awesome. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. We're so grateful that you spent time with us today. Make sure you go follow us at Corinne Stoko or at Mint Arrow Messages on Instagram. And then if you have a second and you love the show, I would love it so much if you'd leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only way people can find out about us if they haven't heard about us before. So just go tap the stars, leave a rating or a review. If you have a second, we would appreciate it so much. <laughs>